The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Congressman Rodney Davis will always be Congress as far as I'm concerned. How are you, my friend? Good morning to you. Doing great, Sammy. How are you guys doing? What are you doing Super. today? Where are you at today as we speak to you on the, this day where they're still trying to elect a speaker? Where are you at? Are you in D.C. or are you back home? I'm in D.C. I'm walking the streets of uh, D.C. right now for a meeting this morning. And, and I'm going to, to watch the, uh, the circus that that speaker election has been since yesterday. <laughs> Do, do, do Republicans not realize, Rodney, that this probably doesn't help their chances to maintain the House in 24? People want things done. They don't want, as you say, this circus. They're tired of circuses. Golden opportunity. I don't understand some Republicans. I really don't. Give me your take on what's going on or not going on. Well, you know me well, Sam. I don't understand it either. 85% of the, the Republicans who were elected by 85% of their the country um, they, uh, uh, they, 85% of the Republicans who elected Republican members of the country, they elected to vote for Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker-elect, to be our next Speaker of the House. We have a small cadre of individuals in the Republican conference who want the rest of the conference, the other 85%, to bow down to their, their desires. And frankly, Kevin McCarthy gave in on a lot of their requests when it comes to rules changes, but they just don't know what they want. They don't want to negotiate. They just want to take down Kevin because they don't like him. And it's bad for the country. It's a terrible message to send to the voters who have given Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans the chance to leave the House. Does it surprise you? And then yet yesterday, the the, the Democrats in the House, unanimous, 100 uh, percent, they support their new leader, if you will, to take over for Nancy Pelosi, 100 percent. What about the Republicans? This don't seem to get it, Rodney. And you've seen that probably certainly for a long time and certainly in the 10 years you served in Congress. Yeah, I've seen that. But in the minority, remember, it's easy. We were all unanimous, even the folks voting against Kevin this time. We're unanimous the last time Kevin ran for minority leader. It's a different ball game when you have to get 218 votes on the floor of the House. And that's where these folks like to use what leverage they think they have to cause chaos. And chaos matters to them. Governing does not. And to me, that's what the majority of the American people are looking for. They want people that want to actually govern. And if you look at all 20 who voted against Kevin McCarthy. I doubt their entire career, if you look back and you look ahead, I doubt any of them will vote for an annual spending bill. Any of them will vote for appropriations packages, which is the basic level of government function at any level. Even with Andy Ezra at the city of Jacksonville, he's got to pass a budget every year. Andy Van Meter at the county in Sangamon County, they've got to pass a budget every year. Why? The state of Illinois has got to do it, too. Why? Why should we accept that Congress is the only level of government that we don't expect that? How do you uh, assess? Uh, obviously, the Republicans uh, got control of the House, not by the margin. A lot of people were thinking the, the big red wave did not materialize, uh, lost a Senate seat and so on. What are we missing, Rodney? What do we need to do to ensure at least as a Republican group 
to have a potential to win the White House and gain control of the House and Senate? What do we have to do? Well, candidates matter, Sam. And clearly the, the candidates for Senate, uh, they were not good candidates. We lost some races that we should have won. And, and those are a big deal. Those are six-year terms. So that changes the dynamic. It changes the direction of the country. It changes the Supreme Court because those six-year terms aren't going to be up for a very long time. The House is always going to be the, the institution of the forefathers' desire to be closest to the people. Every two years, it could change. But remember, there's a lot of folks that are saying the red wave didn't materialize. But there's one Republican leader who actually won, and that's Kevin McCarthy. He did everything over the last two cycles. And the red wave materialized when you look at 2020, when we were expected to lose 15 to 25 seats, and we picked up 15. And you add it to the majority that we just got that gave Republicans control because we had great candidates in districts that Joe Biden won in the election. That's the reason candidates matter. And those are the folks who are hurt the most by this, this circus that we're seeing on the House floor today. And, and I was on the House floor last night talking to many of my colleagues. Um, it, it, is, it is historic, but unfortunately it's historic for the wrong reasons. Rodney Davis, do these people who are making up the minority that refuse to go along with McCarthy and ensure we at least have a shot, uh, uh, Republicans, I shouldn't say we, Republicans have a shot in in November, are are they voting their personal opinions or are they voting for their constituents? Because I can't believe their constituents want this to continue. They want to see a Republican leader... uh, no matter who it might be, they don't want the alternative. How are they deciding to keep this going? Is it a personal thing with them, or do their constituents really want them to play this role? Sam, when you look at the districts that most of them represent, they represent some of the most Republican districts in the nation. So their constituents um, are different than the constituents in the district that I ran in and won in for, for 10 years because it was more of a 50-50 district. So are they listening to their constituents? I'm sure they can give you examples of them listening to their loudest constituents. I'm sure their social media platforms are blowing up and patting them on the back for what they're doing. But 98% of the American people, 98% of the people in every congressional district, they're not on social media. They don't really care what's happening other than they want to see government function. And what they're seeing on TV when they come home from work that day and their kids' events, they're seeing government dysfunction. And those are the ones that determine the majority. If Republicans want to actually investigate, if, if these folks in these red districts want to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop and use the oversight capabilities as the majority could, then we've got to have a speaker. Otherwise, government doesn't function. Members of Congress don't get sworn in until we have a speaker in the House. Rodney Davis, how challenging is the future for Republicans to win a statewide office in Illinois? Uh, again, I thought we had a couple of candidates, we being Republicans, and I vote Republican in the primary, so be careful, folks, when I say that. Uh, you understand I vote Republican in the primary. Uh, I thought they had a couple legitimate candidates but were unable to get it done. What's it going to take here in Illinois to have somebody at least competitive when it comes to general elections running as Democrat for statewide offices? It's going to take Republicans rallying around candidates that can win in the general election. The majority of our population in Illinois lives in the northeast corner of our state. We have to understand that a Republican, no matter who they are, is going to win downstate now by exponential margins. 
But we saw Darren Bailey was a disaster of a candidate. Absolute, 100% disaster. He could not raise the resources. He could not, he could not make the case why voters in DuPage and Suburban Cook and the Collar counties and the areas where most of the people live in our home state, he could not make the case that they should vote for him over J.B. Pritzker, who I thought was a pretty failed governor when you look at some of the, some of the decisions that have come out of his office. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't raise the money necessary. The only thing he could do is win a primary and then drag the rest of the ticket down. We don't need any more Darren Bailey's at the top of the ticket. Any candidates that can win in November, not just in March or June. Roddy Davis, what are you going to do now that you're no longer an official member of Congress? You said you were on the floor, and I think that's a, a right you will always have. What are you going to be doing? Have you decided what the future is going to hold for you, at least in the immediate future, as far as employment? Well, Paul Packelhofer told me this was an audition to be your sidekick. <laughs> so I'm assuming that I'm assuming I did okay. That's you're hired. Yeah, yeah, you're hired yeah, right you're, on you're the spot. Hired. So you're, you can start tomorrow. You're right? hired. down. Yep, Absolutely. Yep. You, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'll let you know when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait till the first paycheck. <laughs> Do you have something else planned, though? Are you ready to announce anything, what you're going to be doing? I'm not ready to announce it yet, buddy. I'll let you know when it happens. Okay. Um, never say never. Uh, the, the door is not closed for you for a potential uh, run again for some office. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I, I don't have any intention to run right now. Um, I actually said right when I, I, I lost that I would never run again. And a lot of my biggest supporters uh, over the years and, and closest friends called and said, please don't say that. Say never say never. So for them, I'm saying never say never. Rodney, explain the relationship on a professional basis between you and Sherry Bustos, both Illinois, uh, both fairly moderate, I think. Uh, she obviously had some more uh, leanings to the left than you did, but I thought you and her had a pretty special relationship. Tell me about that. Yeah, it started out really well in Congress. Um, Sherry and I got elected together, worked together on a lot of issues, served on the same committees. Um, it, it, it didn't end that way, uh, unfortunately. Sherry decided to become... Uh, much more political as the chair of the DCCC, and you know, the kind of broken agreement that we had so that I thought was based on friendship rather than politics. So um, it didn't end as close as it started, and that's disappointing. When you look back, Rodney, what are going to be three or four, and I know there are a lot more than that, but I'm going to ask you to three or four highlights for you personally that you felt really good that, that you accomplished uh, as a member of the U.S. Congress. I said I was going to go to Washington and be bipartisan. I left being the 14th most bipartisan member of 435. I said I was going to go to Congress and, and write farm bills and pass them. I did that twice. I said I was going to go get transportation reauthorization packages that are important to central and southwestern Illinois that I served. I, I made sure that that happened when he did water reauthorizations, air reauthorization, transportation reauthorizations, pipeline reauthorization, all those things I promised. And I also, because I had over 200,000 college students in my district, said I would put together and pass into law a private sector approach to deal with student debt. I did that. Every employer in the nation is now incentivized to help their employees pay down their student debt because of what law I passed. So those are the things I'm most proud of. That and the fact that I, I had a great team who served thousands upon thousands of constituents to help them break through the bureaucracy in Washington, that they had a problem with Social Security, Medicare, getting their passports. Those are the things that matter to constituents the most. 
my team was number one. Rodney Davis, thank you for your service. Thanks for your time. You are a close friend. Uh, you know you have an open invitation anytime. You don't have to call us. Just stop in the studio, wherever we might be. And for sure, we hope you'll stop by and visit with us at the Illinois State Fair in 2023. Only if I can find Danny Coker's boat. We're still working on it. That's what <laughs> Kelly had. One assignment for you, find that boat. Exactly. Thanks, Rodney. Take care, my friend. Good luck. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.